done to you. Oh, well, you better be careful for somebody's keeping score. Welcome back to the Sandlot, nine minutes at a time. I am one of your hosts, Rachel Mummert, and with me is my co-host, Tierney. That's me! And today we have not one, but two guests. Today we are joined by Tabitha and Jonathan Carlisle from the Princess Bride Minute and UHF. Welcome! That's me. <laughs> wait, wait. UHF 62nd, because yeah. you have yes, no I idea how long it. it took me to understand that conceit for that show. <laughs> it's, uh, it's buried in there. <laughs> Thanks for having us. I love this yes, movie. Yes, thank you. I love that when I asked, would you guys be interested? Jonathan immediately was like, we're doing it because I will be killed if we do not do this. <laughs> <laughs> I watched this movie so much when I was growing up. So much. Well, we specifically brought you on to talk about part nine, but we can talk about the movie as a whole. We just have to make sure that we spend a lot of time talking about Art LaFleur and this <laughs> Erector Set Mouse Droid situation. <laughs> yes. Did either of you two grow up playing with like Erector Sets or stuff like that? Did you have, I had no engineering bone in my body, so <laughs> I'm amazed by this. I was continually jealous of kids' toys in movies and stuff because I didn't have – not that I didn't have toys, but mm -hmm. there was just a lot of toys that I didn't even know existed until I would see them in certain media. I knew – like we had uh, Tinker Toys. At least I had relative like grandparents that had Tinker Toys, but I didn't know until maybe even this movie that they existed to a level of like metal pieces and stuff like that. So, yeah, I was kind of jealous of that kind of stuff. I did not have an erector set. I didn't even have Legos when I was a kid. I had like Barbies and Barbie cars and <laughs> <laughs> things like that. But I always thought they were really neat. But I also also knew that if I had one, I would do nothing with it. But I admire admire people that can. <laughs> That's my kid. Honestly, he's always going on. So we have um, my parents went on their first trip without me to Denmark. And felt really, really guilty because I was like one year old. And so I had a very nice Playmobil set when I was growing <laughs> up as a kid because they got the guilt for going on vacation without their child. <laughs> and so I had this massive Playmobil castle set. It's so funny because Playmobil, like, it all snaps together and my kid is constantly now like you got to build the castle you got to build the castle you're so good at building and i'm like i'm really not <laughs> kid like i'm just making this up with pre-formed plastic pieces <laughs> like no no like degree of skill really <laughs> went into this but but yeah sh shout out to that set which is definitely yes. got like copyright 1973 stamped <laughs> on the feet and is still going strong this catapult thing just blows my mind it, it does suffer from the problem of a lot of their plans of you guys gotta go a little bit faster here faster, right yeah. <laughs> faster more intense and get the ball out of there but i mentioned last time like i love all the guys helmets and how they've really stepped it up a notch <laughs> i'm really impressed the weedies box survived the explosion i know <laughs> i yeah I enjoy squints in all of this and the previous minutes also just like him always whispering like, go, mm -hmm. you can do it. Uh, close catapult. Like I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I something about this. I always, I always like that so much. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And it's such a like tense moment. Yeah. And I, 
I guess I always wondered throughout these segments of trying to get the ball back, how complicated the Wheaties box is, like if they have the series of like mirrors to see out or if it's just like a box with holes. <laughs> <laughs> I I think in in some of these shots with Squint, I think you can see a little angle piece in there. So I think he has yeah. mirrors okay. in there. Because he's looking at the top and it the hole is definitely, like, yeah. Yeah. It's got to be. Yeah. And I think I think some of those camera shots are actually shots of the mirror, even and not like a shot mm, of his face. Mm-hmm. Or it's supposed to be like a shot of the mirror, whether it is or not. I guess I don't know. Oh, I didn't think about that. I was always thinking that it was a shot of him looking through the fence, but that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't be looking through the fence at all. So, yeah. I love it. And then I absolutely, as as the beast eats it, I say, uh, Beast says, thanks for the new toy. <laughs> so he's like throwing the catapult in the air, just like, this is awesome. Thanks for all the stuff you guys are putting in my yard. <laughs> So what did you guys think of this uh, this last grand rescue attempt? <laughs> I thought it was a lot of fun. I uh, also like their helmets and that Squints has like his shirt or that rag on the back, you know, like <laughs> he's, he's got a little safari look going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that Ham is always having to be the muscle is uh, <laughs> his hands and legs must be shot. Yeah, he's always right. having to handle yeah. all of that. <laughs> I did notice when they're coming through the fence. So most of the guys are in their 1962 finest with their helmets that they dug up, you know, in their houses. And then Yeah Yeah is wearing overalls and a red bandana (laughs) in the most like, nope, I've moved on to the 80s. Bruce Springsteen, (laughs) come on, Eileen. Y'all are in the, you all are in the Korean conflict and I am, I am in a different era than all of you. That's true. That's true. Does he have one of his overalls unhinged? Undone. Yup. Yup. Have you guys talked about it all, how they managed to get a clubhouse on the edge of the sandlot over the... Thing. like how did i'm curious how that like even... who built this yeah and <laughs> right how there. is it theirs you know like because it, it doesn't really seem oh. like the sandlot is their property so like how is that even theirs i don't know i don't have any yeah, i don't have any really answers good... but it was a curious question when you see the inside i want to believe that this treehouse was built by previous iterations of the sandlot gang like this, like whatever gang is playing at the Sandlot, that's their go to. I mean, not by many, many years, but like Benny's older brother or something, you know, that 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 doesn't make sense. Benny is such a clearly older brother. But, um, <laughs> so, you know, someone's older brother, someone's dad had his friends that all played at the Sandlot and they built this. And then, yeah, just whatever group is there kind of takes it over and then it passes along but like all the stuff stays inside so that like you have all the these guys have destroyed that (laughs) (laughs) all the broken vacuums are still (laughs) yes yes and like in 10 years someone who has no idea will be like why the hell are there broken vacuums in here (laughs) why is this place always dusty (laughs) why is it no matter how much you clean it's always dusty here They found an actual, like, that is a practical treehouse, basically. There really was a treehouse that they could go up and hang out in. And I think they said 
that that tree was transplant, like that tree was going to be cut down in the town. And like the movie people were like, oh, can we have it? (laughs) (laughs) And put it right here. (laughs) Very nice. Yeah, I like that theory. The passed down theory. That works. It fits uh, my next note is actually about Benny's room. So I don't want to cut anyone off if we had more to say about the catapult. I was just going to say that like it worked. Like they It did. Pulled, they pulled it off. They just didn't count for the dog to be able to jump 12 feet in the air or whatever. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was one of my favorite parts. <laughs> we get some prime beast puppet in this section. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's like jaws coming out of the, like, <laughs> And then when you see him, like, shaking the erector set, <laughs> it's like, yeah, that might be a puppet. <laughs> I don't think I've said this out loud on this podcast, how much this movie owes to Jaws in mm. the way the beast is portrayed. Yeah, yeah, that's very true because you don't, I mean, previously you really only get small glimpses. Yep. Even in the story, in the when they tell the story of the beast, you get... You don't ever get a full shot. It's just pieces of him. It's always bits of him or just the chain moving. The big paw. Yeah. The yeah. Big... A, a cloud of dust and a sigh coming from there. But you don't, <laughs> you really don't see him as this movie. And like you even are getting the POVs with the music going. And I'm like, this is Jaws. Like with a dog. <laughs> I just, I love Benny's room. Benny's baseball yeah. room is so good. I, lo- I mean, both the kids, we see his room and Smalls' room, and Smalls' room is great. I stand by that. But but Benny, I mean, I'm sitting in a room full of baseball memorabilia, and his room has a special place in my heart. <laughs> and in a, and it, in a very different way, um, it reminded me, now that I've seen Bull Durham, of um, Andy's baseball stuff in Bull Durham, oh. <laughs> which is a very different vibe. And uh, Bull Durham is not a kid's movie, if you're listening to this, <laughs> but... Now, I've spent so much time talking about Annie's shrine on uh, Sully's Bull Durham in it that now I see this room and I'm like, oh my gosh, look at all this baseball stuff on the walls. <laughs> I have a question, but I have a question before the question. Have we seen Benny's room otherwise in the movie? No. No. So my, my real question is, do we think we're actually seeing his real bedroom? <gasps> oh. oh. That's a Wow, yeah. Wow, I never thought of that, but I love it. dream within a dream. Well, and it works because, remember, Rachel, I, I, Jonathan Tabitha, at some point in my brain, I just decided that Benny has, like, this huge family and all these siblings. And that came from absolutely nowhere. I made it up. So it would make (laughs) sense if he, there was a part of me that's like, oh, he has a room to himself. And it's like, well, he needs needs his own room for the scene. (laughs) Well, it's funny, too, how we see the difference between their dreaming, I mean, Smalls is actually, we see him sleeping and thrashing around. And in Benny's dream, it's like very interactive. Like he's awake and moving around. So it could be, yeah, his dream room. Which is also adorable hmm. for the record. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I like how his, the pennants and stuff, all of his baseball things on the wall is covering. You can kind of faintly see like more younger kid wallpaper and stuff on the wall in there and he's just kind of like covering all that up with his baseball stuff and it was kind of like me when I outgrew like this rainbow wallpaper that I had on my wall when I was a kid and like you know you just start putting up lots and lots of posters to cover it you know so I I think on part of it he has baseball wallpaper but not the whole thing so maybe he maybe that was his first start and then he didn't have enough (laughs) maybe 
I was going nuts because it, it's skipping ahead a little, but just keep an eye out on the decor next to the closet wall. And you see it really well. You see it really well, but it's super blurry when they're close up on the babe talking when he sits down. There's a sign on the back wall that is clearly a baseball advertisement for a beverage. It looks like it's mm. this root beer across the bottom, but it also is the exact same layout as the Ted Williams Moxie, which is what I've always <sighs> seen. So I was trying to figure out what, but usually the Moxie is orange and this is a yellow sign. So I went nuts, but it's when it's big enough to really see what it is, it's super blurry. And the oh, only man. parts where it's clear, it's I can't see it on my screen. It's way too small. So mm. if anyone was watching this in like 4K on a home <laughs> entertainment system, please let me know if you can make out what advertisement that is. If it is Ted Williams shilling Moxie or if it is someone else that I never heard of because I'm from New England. <laughs> it did say Ted's, right? Did it? Yeah. Okay. See, it says, I couldn't. It says Ted's root beer. Or, you know, Ted's on the top, root beer on the bottom, but I... Oh, okay. I'll have to do some more investigating, but I I will let us move along because throughout my life, I've gone back and forth on liking this scene or not. I, I will be honest about that. There were times in my life where I was like, this is so, so dumb. This is so um... stupid. Because I was jaded idiot adolescent but now i appreciate it because someone took the time and did the fully work so that it is the sound of cleats when he walks into the room (laughs) such a distinctive sound and it just went straight to my heart this time (laughs) and i just love when we first see our floor as babe ruth He's just that black and white, like... <laughs> mm-hmm. Grainy, newspaper, yeah. <laughs> microfiche nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> what did it remind you of? <laughs> I cut you off. Uh, oh, no, I was just going to say, speaking of him, you know, this mm-hmm. is not the only, you know, iconic, if we can call it, baseball movie that he has been in either. Because he will also, you can see him in Field of Dreams. Woo! Yes. <laughs> I just got really excited. So I looked up Art LaFleur on IMDb. That's always my first stop. And I saw 169 acting credits and I almost closed the page. (laughs) But I was really excited because his photos page starts off with when he guessed it on MASH. So (laughs) the first like three photos are him and MASH. And so I was like, all right, I'm, I'm in. This is adorable. The other thing I love is that he's a Gary, Indiana native. So, first of all, shout out that section of Indiana, which has not had the easiest time, and enjoy having Gary Indiana from The Music Man stuck in your head the rest of the day. Sorry, (laughs) listeners. So, yeah, we should do like a round robin of everyone's favorite guest spot, because he was in everything, I feel like. (laughs) So, I think I mostly remember him from this movie but his face is always familiar and so when i was looking down as imdb also i was just like oh okay because he's in so many shows that i watched when i was growing up you know that he would uh guest star in you know like webster i loved webster and um <laughs> life goes on young writers like <laughs> just different things it was everything it was yeah. crazy rescue from gilligan's island <laughs> like <laughs> yeah he was active, that's how Wikipedia, he active from 1978 to 2017. 
But he was never, like, the star of anything. I shouldn't say that. I didn't look at all 169 credits. But he was always, like, this small part a little bit. Actually, you know what? He really reminds me of um, how Jon Favreau just pops up in the Marvel Mm, universe. Like, he's there and he's important. But he's never the main guy, and that's kind of how I feel like Art LaFleur's career was as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so, too. Oh, I forgot about the Santa Claus movies, playing the, playing Tooth Fairy. Oh, yeah. He was in Man of the House. When's the last time you yeah. thought about that film? <laughs> right now. <laughs> Especially growing up when we did Tabitha, re-watching this over and over again. Like, this is my go-to brain uh, association for him. And I really love... Just his attitude. Actually, this this scene reminds me a lot of the grandfather in The Princess Bride, where it's just like, I'm kindly, mm. but I'm also like a little bit gruff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure. Benny's room is a little bit cleaner, though. I mean, it's still full of stuff, but it's... Yeah, it's still yeah. full of sports memorabilia, but it's that same idea. I love that it starts with like, aren't you dead? And he's like, uh... <laughs> Well, yeah, but this is your dream, so move on. I did want to point out that Babe Ruth, he had died in uh, August 16th, 1948 of cancer. And then one of the last things he did, um, because he got sick in 1946, like after the war ended, he was already like not feeling well, I guess, during the war. And then started getting sick. They gave him some treatment, so he did kind of rebound for a little while, but not not really. That's when you get the photo of him you know, using the bat as a cane at Yankee Stadium that's so famous from behind. One of the last things he did in his life was uh, go visit Yale and meet the baseball team, including future President George H.W. Bush. Just was still not like really active, but still getting around, still doing public appearances for things. So just really iconic. That's a stupid thing to say. Yeah, Babe Ruth is iconic. <laughs> Breaking news, you heard it here. But I always loved this conversation where he's just yeah. so matter of fact and just so like, so do it. Yeah. What are you, what are you arguing about the- here with me? <laughs> I love Benny's description of the beast as a giant gorilla, gorilla dog, dog thing. Dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> gorilla dog. And I just like how he, you know, he's just like, okay, it's a beast. So what is this beast? And like, kind of like, what... Like, why do you think it's a beast? Is it because it really is or because everybody has said so? He also tells him he ate a kid. Like, the beast (laughs) ate a kid. He he got eaten. (laughs) (laughs) They're urban legends. I was looking at nicknames for Babe Ruth because I, oh, you know, I thought it was fun. funny when Art comes in and he's just like, yeah, yeah, a yeah, yeah. hundred other dopey names, you know. And <laughs> yeah, stuff. I love that. And he seriously <laughs> does have like <laughs> almost yeah, a hundred so names. Are you guys okay if I, I name off a couple? Sure. Yes, please. We, we would love these. to know your favorites. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Jidge was interesting, which was mm-hmm. just kind of a distortion of George. Besides some of them that they already name in here, Modern Beowulf, uh, the Titan of <laughs> Terror, the Wally of Wallop, Blunderbuss, <laughs> let's see, the Ra- the Raja of Rap and the Maharaja of Mash, <laughs> Prince of Pounders, the Mauling uh, Mastodon, uh, Wizard of Whack, so yeah, uh, Herman the Great. There's a lot more. <laughs> He's got a lot of them. What was the wallaby one again? 
the Wally of Wallop. Oh, the Wally of Wallop. Yeah, so I guess uh, American sports writers and how they liked hyperbole and stuff. We just got so <laughs> many of these names because everybody was always kind of coming up with yeah. a with a name for them. Can you guess Tyranny's favorite? What's yours? Uh, I've been joking that I'm partial to the Maharaja of Mash, which, given my uh, introduction of Art Lafleur, is probably giving it away. No, um, one of the things that I absolutely noticed. And I, I love and adore because I didn't even realize this until he passed away. He says Henry Aaron, not Hank. Yes, yes. And I always said Hank Aaron because always... the Baseball Hall of Fame said Hank Aaron and Barack Obama said Hank Aaron. And mm -hmm. people started saying, like, you shouldn't say Hank. His name was Henry. And hmm. there was part of me that I, I, I hate to say it, this is such a, like, stupid white girl. But I was like, but Barack Obama said Hank. And I feel like if anyone was going to know, like how to be sensitive about stuff like that, it'd be him. But apparently it was just like, Hank was so common and ubiquitous that he was uh, just kind of like, yeah, whatever. You know, like, I prefer Henry, but I get, it's not the end of the world. Like, yeah, call me Hank, it's fine. <laughs> but I noticed the last, when I last went, the Baseball Hall of Fame has started changing over some stuff. Like they haven't ordered new signs, but when new things go up, they now say Henry. Hmm. Interesting. And he's referred to as Henry in their like magazine and stuff. So it's it's slowly getting there. And I will just say the only reason to hang on to like, okay, Hank's a nickname. That's fine. You know, he, we're, we're talking about all of Babe Ruth's nickname. I mean, Babe Ruth <laughs> yeah. is a nickname just because he was hammering Hank. And the fact that Atlanta is not the Atlanta Hammers is a crime and <laughs> would be so easy to do with their logo. <laughs> I just, I'm throwing it out there. The Atlanta Hammers would be such a good baseball team <laughs> name. <laughs> and I always wonder too, now that um, Jonathan, you brought up the dream, you know, is this a room, a whole dream, part of the dream is you know him giving the Henry Aaron card to him part of it also because I couldn't imagine being like oh sure yeah yeah take this card <laughs> it's definitely a dream yeah I love that little bit of like teehee it's 1993 we are I guess 92 when they're making 90, this yeah. like we know why he's like I don't know why but I can have this and it's like oh we know it's what's like, gonna yeah, happen in 1974 <laughs> 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 or I guess it was 73 but so, 74 was when it officially, officially happened, but uh, it, it's, I'm looking at the date is April 74. So yeah. that doesn't feel quite the same. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much you guys are into baseball and the, the nerdery of different record runs and stuff like that. I know nothing about, okay, well, like I enjoy watching baseball, but I don't know stats of history of baseball <laughs> but i can sit and enjoy and you know like we go to our local yeah. team and stuff but um yeah that's my my limit i guess in knowledge <laughs> that's awesome so i will say if listeners are listening and like what is happening first of all you should go look up henry aaron it's a good time yes. but what we're talking about is that as hammering hank he broke babe ruth's record of 714 home runs he hit 715 in 1974 and then uh, finished his career with 755. Oh, wow. That was quite a thing. And unfortunately, also, if you're listening to this and you're like, wait, what is Tierney talking about? Henry Aaron was a black man and things got weird when he <laughs> broke Babe Ruth's home yeah. run record uh, in the 70s. 
I'm doing my awkward turtle hands. <laughs> but he was a absolutely lovely and fascinating person. He just passed away. So there were all these retrospective articles and stuff about him if you want to look them up. One thing I did not have to look up because I knew I would have an expert here is that Rachel, Babe Ruth is carrying a Louisville slugger bat. Yay. <laughs> You've been there. <laughs> I have been. Did you see any famous bats? They had like a uh, a thing where you could, or like a place where you, they had game used bats from like legends, like baseball legends, and also like some current players. You couldn't swing them or anything. You could just, you, you could pose with them like you were swinging. And um, you could, they had like a, like a silicon grip on the f- part of the bat where you would grip just to prevent your acidy hands from. <laughs> your oils <laughs> ruining everything. Yeah. Yeah. Your oils. That's better than acids. Yep. <laughs> and I, I, uh, I have to go back now because I want to do that now. I didn't before because I was just like, but there's like so many people and I, I just want to hold the bat and I don't want them to look at me. <laughs> but they had um oh roberto clemente they had one Mm. of his bats and i mean i i kind of learned about him from my dad and i don't know he was just such a such a good guy i mean just and you know tragically lost too young but he definitely goes in the legends column yeah (laughs) yeah but yeah if you're ever in uh louisville yeah go visit there you can see some of the bats and See some history, and you can learn how how they make the uh, make the Louisville sluggers. And I mean, they take you. You can go on the tour of how I mean, back on the lines, and see how they're made. That's cool. Yeah, we have travel advice, and Babe Ruth has getting the ball back advice. Yeah, hop <laughs> hop over the fence and get it. <laughs> so simple. I know. That's what I love about it. It's just like so. It's just the straight, simple, like, well, just go get it. <laughs> go over the fence. <laughs> it's like, but, like, in kid fashion, it very much is like, but, you know, there's a beast there. I can't. <laughs> what always gets quoted from this movie is the heroes get remembered, but legends never die. And what I really like is the second part of this is follow your heart, kid, and you can never go wrong. And mm-hmm. when when later that is repeated, when Benny's hopping over the fence, they do the full both lines. Which I love. Because mm-hmm. following your heart is important too. Oh, yeah. Giving advice to young people, I guess. <laughs> and just telling them if they do, you know, you can't go wrong, even if it doesn't go as planned. Yeah. Or you fail. It's like, hey, at least you did it, you know. <laughs> Unless you get eaten, in which Unless case. Unless you get eaten. Yeah. <laughs> you'll be a legend and you, never die. You'll never so die. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. Just like the kid they were talking about at the camp out. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're just zipping along, so please stop me if you guys are like, wait, no, I have more to say about Benny's dream. Can we talk about Scott Scotty's pajamas? <laughs> Small He has a dream too. We skipped right over that. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry, Smalls. His dream of being hammered into the ground by a giant beast. <laughs> it's just such a perfect, like, little kid's dress dream. Oh, and yeah. his dramatic tossing and turning is adorable. But yeah, Smalls' pajamas are the true MVP of this. 
<laughs> of this movie. Definitely a contrast with, you know, Benny's Benny pajamas his... versus... <laughs> pajamas in air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> He's got, uh, let's see, Smalls has pretzels and... Is it all snack food or what is? I can't. Or it's cowboy stuff. It might be uh, horseshoe. Oh, stuff, lassos and. Oh, so it's not a pretzel. It's a lasso. I think it's. I think it's like two horseshoes overlapping. Oh. Uh, and cowboy stuff would match. I remember. Um, yeah. Talking a lot about how weirdly like Western motifs lingered <laughs> in little boys' bedrooms because yeah. when we did Close Encounters of the Third Kind, I was like, "What is going on?" And it's just like that's just what there was to decorate. And even in Benny's room, he's got like a covered wagon thing on the wall that <laughs> is left over so that would make a lot of sense i mean i don't know exactly the year or anything but back then you know cowboys were uh kind of the superheroes back then yeah i've actually had a lot of disappointing times when uh i collected superhero comics and i would actually find comics that my dad and uncle had when they were kids and they were all just like super boring cowboy comics I'm like, oh, <laughs> wow. well the cows are out again yeah <laughs> I am slightly disappointed they aren't snack pajamas because then we could have a crossover with Buffy Summers' sushi pajamas in her, <laughs> her sushi jammies and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> she has her, her big flannel pajamas. She's like, that would have been a lot more intimidating if I weren't wearing my sushi jammies. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, speaking of fashion, the next morning, not only is Benny ready to go, but he has a super secret weapon. Or a new weapon, or whatever the wording is. I'm so excited Brand I can't even new talk. Pair oh. of so, PF Flyers were, uh, it stands for Posture Foundation, uh, <laughs> founded in 1937 when you could name your company Posture Foundation. <laughs> but they were famous because in 1958, that was the first shoe collab between a shoe uh. company and a professional athlete on the Celtics. Hello, New England. <laughs> it's so funny because by the time I came along and was like buying sneakers and everything, it was all about the Chucks. Yeah. Like Chuck Taylors were the shoe. And it's funny, my dad, that was one of his big things with this movie. He's like, oh, God, man, PF Flyers. That's right. They were so much cooler than the Converse <laughs> back in the day. Like, these were the real, the real deal. And I looked up their website just to, like, see. And it's so they have the Legends Never Die as their tagline now. They have a 19, the 1993 which is a shoe that <laughs> is exactly these shoes. They come in adult, kid, or infant sizes. And they were acquired. They have new leadership as of 2021. And they say they're going to be coming out with new styles and new shoes. So keep an eye on PF Flyer. Hmm. I had never heard of PF Flyer before this movie. Yeah, me neither. I thought it was for the movie until my dad was like drooling over <laughs> Benny's shoes. <laughs> so, what shoes does he take off? Like old PF Flyers yeah, or Converse? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They don't even look that old. No, they, <laughs> they don't. don't look that different. I was like, does he just basically have a fresh pair of the same <laughs> shoes? Or... I think so. <laughs> He's like, hey, if I get eaten doing this, at least 
I will get eaten in a brand I, new pair of PF flyers. Most moms were like, make sure you have clean underwear in case you get an accident. <laughs> mom was like, make sure you have clean shoes. I know. Well, I was like, they couldn't even afford a baseball like a day or two before. And like <laughs> yeah. now he's going out and buying a new pair of shoes. <laughs> Where did these sneakers come from? How did Benny afford a new pair of sneakers? <laughs> right. 98 cents for a baseball was too much for them. But brand new shoes are fine. Maybe they were his new pair of shoes shoes for school and that's what he's I was like thinking. Yeah, the school year starting and he's oh. uh dipping into the new pair of school shoes a little early to touch them until the school started but he's like i might be dead by then so. <laughs> right right that's as important life or death i'm a hero and i'll never die <laughs> i should say before their tagline became never legends never die their tagline literally was run faster jump higher which is why <laughs> small says that like guarantee to make a kid <laughs> run faster jump higher he's just reciting their little like commercial or whatever now these days i won't i won't argue against the fashion statement of pf flyers or converse or that style of shoe mm-hmm. um but watching this movie in 1993 and after and having been involved in sports at that time, I was like, those are terrible shoes to run in or oh, jump around yeah. in. Like, yeah. like, they don't have the support. I mean, they no. got some ankle support, I guess. But but uh, that's probably probably the best they had back then. But I was like, oh, yeah. man, why would you wear those shoes? That's the thing. These are canvas gym shoes. And uh, it says, so this is from the PF Flyers or website. The first insole designed specifically for sport shoes, it was a breakthrough in cushioning and support and became the <laughs> brand name PF in 1937. So this was cutting edge sports technology. And if you look back at the people playing in like, you know, saddle shoes and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Compared to that, you would run faster and jump higher. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But yes, in in these days, I mean, Rachel, we talked earlier in this movie. There's the scene where they're all playing in jeans and chucks, and we were just like, yeah. "I'm dying!" Like every the- part of my body is <laughs> chafing and hurting yes. right now. <laughs> yeah, I I know people that never wear shorts, like men that never oh, wear man. shorts, and they wear jeans like all summer, oh. like every year. I'm just like, oh my goodness, how can you how can you do that? <laughs> Oh, Jeans man. are also terrible to run in or jump in. Gosh, no. yeah. Chafing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But Benny looks good. I realized I always want a baseball jersey, and then I look at the prices of them, and I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't need this that much. Thank you very much. <laughs> I kind of wonder how, if there's a way to find, like, make a Rodriguez jersey, and it oh. wouldn't be that expensive because no hmm. one would get it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. With a 30 and, and Rodriguez on the back. Because I love, I mean, man, with the baseball shirt underneath and then yeah. the jersey and like my little, it's so funny. I never had a crush on Benny, but oh, I, I love him. I always did. Oh, if that is. makes sense. You know what it is? You know what it is, Rachel? Even as a child, Benny was so out of my league and I knew it. <laughs> oh, I knew he was out of mine. I just love oh, man. Actually, it's funny. The camp I the, so the camp I grew up going to, it was an all girls camp, but the owner had four sons. These boys, it was the life. Um, the oldest son was considered the cutest, and all the girls had a crush on him. And I never did. And it was just like it, my like my brain couldn't even process. It was so un impossible. It was so impossible for anything romantic <laughs> to ever happen that my brain refused to even 
put the effort into moving some molecules around to have a crush on him. And that's kind of how I feel about Benny, where it's just like, no, 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 he's not. No, but I love him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that could be a Halloween costume for that, oh, for some yes. year is put yourself together a Benny costume. Get get your jersey. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I can get the exact same shoe. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> if I, if I, if I uh, betray my beloved Converse, I could get the exact same shoe. The, 90, <laughs> the 1993. I love his little thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll, we'll see a bigger thumbs up from Benny later in this movie, but like his little like... Okay, here I go. Like, he's not, he's very confident, but I do think that the way it's low is just that little bit of, like, might die doing it anyway. Yeah, like, come on, guys, don't try to talk me out of this. Like, well, just like, you know, Smalls kind of does, because he's like, come on, you know, basically saying it's his fault because he brought the ball, and Benny's just, like, pretty much saying, like, no, Babe Ruth came to me in a dream and told me (laughs) that I had to do this. It's a beautiful moment between two friends. Although yeah, now I'm trying yeah. to imagine if my friend said, Babe Ruth told me in a dream that I have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I'd react. I'd be like, oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> well, crazier things have happened in That's their true. week. So <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan, I think you were absolutely right about the Cowboys because now we enter a Western. Yes. <laughs> as Benny goes over the fence. Music and all. No. Yep. Most of the time, I find watching like an entire Western movie, uh, I think a lot of them kind of drag for my taste. But I always love something like this, like a, a Western face-off mm. kind of a moment. So, yeah, I, I I totally think this fits. I just love how red his Benny's eyes are. <laughs> I was like, was he, you know, up all night after that dream? <laughs> <laughs> Benny actually has not slept in 48 hours. (laughs) He's like, I'm going to go to the clubhouse for a bit. And then he got all that vacuum cleaner dust in his eyes. He did. That makes sense. That's what happened. (laughs) Speaking of gross and dirty things, anyone else have to uh, kind of swallow down a little disgust as the ball comes out of the beast? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, it it is regurgitated. Let's just... Let's just break out that SAT word. <laughs> and I just love this whole, it's like the beast knew. He's like, all right, I know they're going to be coming back. So I'm just going to keep this ball in my mouth, this particular ball that I know they want. And then when he does regurgitate it out, he gives Benny this look. And, you know, having had dogs before, you know, he that looks kind of like, all right, I dropped it. No, please throw. <laughs> And then yes. he does a thing of like, Benny's going to get it. And then the beast is like, no, wait, <laughs> you don't touch my toy. <laughs> yeah. And that, this is the first time that we actually see what the beast looks like, right? Like in yeah. full. Like in full yeah, and not, not like their imagination, <laughs> yeah. you know, when he's blinking, like Benny's kind of blinking at him like, yeah. oh, he's. Not as big as what I thought, but yeah. I think that's when you kind of fall in love with Hercules and you're like, oh, he just wants to play. Come mm-hmm. on, guys. <laughs> they do a good job with the camera angle so that he still looks huge. I mean, mm-hmm. and he yeah. is a big dog, but like, especially the way it's like behind and slightly below him. Yeah. And Benny being that much further away, it really emphasizes still that he is the beast. Like they still and the close ups on his face. Especially when he barks or growls. Yeah. Actually, you know what it is? They do a really good job of transitioning us from the beast puppet 
to Hercules the dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah, they knew true. we couldn't just jump from one to the other. We needed to be eased into it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because even at this point, I mean, you don't know is if he's just kind of toying with him and if he's mm-hmm. still going to be a if he's going to be a vicious dog or not. Because you're right, when he drops the ball, like, everyone who's had a dog, no, like, he, he dropped the ball, and it rolls towards the human, and then he looks at the human and the ball expectantly, and like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's but, but you're right, then he barks when Benny moves, so it, it is that weird, like, back and forth of, okay, well, he's not friendly, but he's not eating me yet. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how easily that chain, like, how has he not broken that chain ever before? Like, how easily it's like, snap. (laughs) I don't mean to cast aspersions on dogs because they're wonderful and also she is no longer with us. But I had a dog who maybe was not the brightest animal that's (laughs) ever walked the earth. She had a chain, obviously not like the beast chain. She had a lead (laughs) because we we couldn't fence in our yard. So she had a lead that uh, was at the back of the house. And she actually figured out how to unhook it from the base oh, so wow. that the the so that the 15 foot chain was still dangling from her neck but she was technically untethered from our yard <laughs> and all she ever did was go next door cuz my aunt did have a fence to visit her friend the dog oh, who funny. she could no longer see she could hear him <laughs> and talk to him out through the fence that's all she ever did and then she'd come back and the only way you'd even realize it is I'd unhook her chain, she'd bolt into the house, and then what I'd usually do is, like, flick it to just kind of, like, shake it out. I don't even know why. And I also love that I'm doing the motion (laughs) as if this isn't a podcast. And then you'd hang it on the hook next to the door, Mm -hmm. and I'd flick it, and the end would go flying up in the air. And it's like, (laughs) whoa! Whoa! (laughs) Well, she was like, hey, I'm not all, I never, I never got off my chain. When I went over yeah. to visit, so <laughs> I can't never be in trouble. <laughs> and she never went any further than, like, two houses down. But I also love the image of her, like, trotting down our little road with this 15-foot chain <laughs> hanging <laughs> after <laughs> So I, I have a lot of – I have a lot of space for this in my heart. And also in, you know, as we see them jumping the fence, it's one of those rules with dogs, like – now the beast really thinks it's a game because, you know, mm. when, you know, they tell you, like, don't run from or, you know, dogs because then they're like, oh, we're playing chase. Yes, my favorite yeah. game ever. So <laughs> the beast is like having the best day. He's playing chase with his new friends. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he is having the best day ever. He's like, they finally came to visit me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, people. I... <laughs> It does break my heart because I'm assuming every neighborhood has the house like this with the yard like this. And then the dog who never gets to like interact with people and be socialized. And yeah, just having had a suburbs dog who had a chain in the yard, it's just like, oh, it breaks my heart. The other thing that Jamie taught me was that dogs can be territorial in weird ways. So the Uh. fact that the beast has no problem with Benny being in his yard, it's only when he moves towards his ball that he is upset. Yeah. And uh, my my dog was house... Oh, God. What is it called? House territorial? Where my dad had taught her that it was her job to defend the house and to bark if someone came into the house. But this apparently did not extend to the yard. (laughs) So friends would come over 
We would be in the yard. They would be playing with the dog. The dog would be having a wonderful time. Everyone would be happy. We would go into the house. The dog would turn around and start barking at my friend. And I'm just like, (laughs) it's the same GD person (laughs) that was just rubbing your belly. Just because we're in the kitchen now, could you calm down? But she couldn't because in her mind, it's like, nope, now you're in the house. I have to bark at you. And so I, yeah, I just, <laughs> dogs are weird. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> dogs are weird. <laughs> wonderful. But they are wonderful. Weird. Yeah, we've they got are. an Aust- Australian shepherd and he is, uh, he would definitely chase you down and jump on you the moment <laughs> you start to even think you're going to run. Does he ever try and herd you guys? Uh, outside outside he will and like last summer i think some of my nieces and nephews were over and the the kids were all gonna play they're all teenagers they were gonna play like flashlight tag and stuff outside i camp fire going and the dog and i were out there and i wasn't even thinking about it and the moment they started to run you know he's just like oh my goodness all this movement in the dark like this is my job and they're just like stop stop (laughs) mom but for the most part yeah for the most part he doesn't like go around and nip and try to you know herd but he will definitely if you are on the move he is on the move and um <laughs> that's yeah. actually our, our easiest way to get him if he gets off the leash and goes where he doesn't supposed to go or whatever the easiest thing is to get his attention and then run the other way and then he's he'll just chase you down he's like oh, oh i want some of that <laughs> yeah yeah you just gotta trust the process because he's just like okay he's going that way i don't want him to go that way and you just call his name and run and then he just comes running <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I'm now thinking also, again, of Turner and Hooch. Mm, Oh, definitely. I got the muffin! (laughs) (laughs) Muffin Hooch! The early 90s were a big time for slobbery dogs, weren't they? Oh, yeah, Yeah. like Beethoven and stuff, too, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think there really was a backlash, against the backlash, of um, vicious the whole vicious dog theory. And if you like big breeds like I do, you've seen, you know, in the 70s, it was Dobermans. In the 80s, it was Rottweilers. In the 90s, it was Pitbulls. I might be slightly off on that. I think German Shepherds were in there somewhere. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe 70s were German Shepherds. But like these breeds that for a while are known as the vicious breeds. And it, and it's, maybe it's not their fault, but you, you just can't trust them. And everyone I've known that's worked with dogs has said it's so much more about the dog than their breed and also chihuahuas are like the oh most vicious <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> poodles poodles can be pretty vicious too yeah mm-hmm. schnauzers the meanest dog i ever knew was a miniature poodle so teeny lap dog poodle with only three legs and yet <laughs> so mean oh man just and not even like in a bitey way just like she just looked at you and was like Ugh. Again, like just the attitude coming off her. She just assaulted you every time you came in. Ouch! That hurt. You're so mean. And I was warned not to pet her because she would bite. But like, I never did get bitten because I didn't do it. But like, I I mean, I've told stories on this of like dogs like carrying me around by the back neck of my clothes. I mean, I have no problem with dogs, but I was terrified, terrified of this one. Yeah, that's kind of like with uh, our neighbors who actually still live next to my parents but they had this 
it's a standard size schnauzer, but I swear. I mean, it didn't bite me or anything, but it, like, like Tierney, you were saying, it's just the attitude. You know, it was always like, <laughs> my aunt, or I guess it would be my great aunt and uncle had this cocker spaniel named Spencer. Who, yeah, you were just like, don't even look at him, don't pet him, he'll bite <laughs> you. And he was, yeah, I think he kind of nipped at my brother one time. I did get bit by our dog, but that was all my fault. Totally my Aww. fault. Because <laughs> my parents taught us to chew with our mouths closed. My dog never chewed with his mouth closed. Never. So one oh, day no. I'm just like, listen, Alex, you have to chew with your mouth closed. Like this. Oh, no. While he was eating his food. No. Don't do that ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't come between the dog and his food. <laughs> Our dog, Jamie, she was a Boykin Spaniel, which is Ooh, a like cross that. between a retriever and a and a. Uh, cocker spaniel my dad grew up with a cocker spaniel that was nippy so he was like absolutely not but she was okay <laughs> and because she had the spaniel and was a um fowl retriever that's what they were bred for mm-hmm. she had the softest mouth and we actually used to i would put my fist in her mouth and her canines would go in between like in my fingers so they grip and then we would play tug of war with my fist and my dad was just like <laughs> You really shouldn't do that. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> what? She's fine. I mean, like, I'm sure she could have bit someone and hurt them, but she just had such a soft mouth. It was never a problem. <laughs> but yeah, I imagine if I, like, grabbed her mouth while she was eating, she yeah, would have been irate. Do <laughs> yeah, she would have been. <laughs> oh, see, I our current dog... Ever since he was a puppy, I always messed with him while he was eating because I wanted to make sure that he wasn't going to get mm-hmm. that that territorial oh. kind of thing of like, yeah. no, this is my food. It's yeah. like, no, I'll take your food anytime I want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He does a good job. Yeah. We had to do that slightly. It's not the same, but when we got our cat, we also have a toddler in the house. So I kind of had to like sort of train her not to freak out if someone comes up while she's eating right yeah mm-hmm. just yeah. i mean like she's still annoyed <laughs> and then we got to teach the toddler what it means when the cat's ears go back like that but, um, <laughs> there there had to be kind of a like okay i'm gonna take your food away okay i'm gonna touch you but look now it's coming back everything's fine don't freak out <laughs> <laughs> i mean we also have a water fountain for her, which i constantly am telling the kid not to drink from so like they're fine but <laughs> i mean the bee seems loved i will give him Mm -hmm. that i mean they talk with in turner and hooch about how hooch is actually in pretty bad shape because he's not well taken care of like hygienically and medically and hercules as we're gonna find he's now the beast is in great shape you know he's he's chained up in his backyard but he seems perfectly happy to be so Mm-hmm. And he seems well fed. He's gr- he's clean. <laughs> he he's groomed. Clean. Like this is a this is so. If you saw this dog, you'd be like, "That's someone's pet." Yeah, you wouldn't be like, "Oh, maybe it's a stray." No, no, no. This is clearly someone's pet. And I think as we get toward the end of the movie, we find out. You know, you kind of learn that he is well loved. You know, and, you know, he is an outdoor dog, but he seems like he can be. He's allowed inside. Too, yeah. at times and yeah. he would be missed if he would run I grew up with an outdoor German shepherd you know but he would come in the house in the evenings and mm-hmm. um, 
I personally would never want an outdoor dog because I'm like, if I'm going to have a dog, I want him inside cuddling with me all the time. Oh. But for some reason, we, you know, we had an outdoor dog. And um, but yeah, he would come in in the evenings and he was well loved and cared for. And yeah, all of that. So maybe he sleeps inside. That's Did he have true. the grill of a Jeep to play with? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm trying to remember. He was fluffy. He's kind of a fluffy Aww. dog. <laughs> So I wanted to ask kind of how the Sandlot came into your life. Tabitha, you mentioned that you grew up watching it. Jonathan, had you seen it before it was foisted upon you? <laughs> yeah, I, I watched it quite a few times in the 90s. and But I don't remember. I don't remember if we just waited for it to come on TV and then discovered it there. Or I don't think I saw it in the theater. Early 90s, we were just starting to go in the theater more often, but not not quite enough to see this. Yeah, I know that I wouldn't have seen it in the theater, but I don't know if we rented it. And for some reason, I was thinking this came out earlier than 93, but that would have just been like my sophomore year in high school that this came out. But I don't know. We watched it a lot before I left for college because my sister and I, my youngest sister and I, you know, will still call each other. Like, I'll call her Smalls. She'll call me <laughs> Elsa. L7 weenie and uh, (laughs) you know things like that so we still say a lot of quotes back and forth from this movie did you have a favorite character uh squints is my favorite i think he's just kind of funny looking he's funny things that he says and there's something i know there's something (laughs) in his little bit of nerdiness that always makes me laugh that (laughs) i think he's my favorite how about you jonathan i don't think i really had like a favorite character because i was more like this whole group of kids i was probably always more just realizing how many of the more stable yet nerdy characters like like i was probably i probably identified more with them and uh in some ways probably identified more with smalls and i probably couldn't get over that fact to figure out like oh who would who do i who do i like though who would i rather be (laughs) besides benny i guess benny's kind of set up as the is the the cool one that everybody wants to be but well this is benny's hero moment it cuts off i did not realize it cuts off literally in the middle of the showdown so sorry about that (laughs) did you have anything else you wanted to talk about with the movie or i don't think so i think that i already said that i really like this i like this movie a lot and in re-watching i always forget that karen allen is in this movie mm. Mom. And that was fun and a side note when i was like looking at things today and for some i can't remember what article i was looking at Oh, it was talking about the characters and like, where are they now kind of a thing for the Sandlot. It was said Karen Allen and best known movie she's for. And the only Indiana Jones movie that she said was Crystal Skull. And I was like, what? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Raiders, that's ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. So that was like not even related to the Sandlot. But I was like, that's that's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have anything else to say. The kid who played Benny, did he go on and do any other acting? Uh, I think he did a little bit, and then he became a firefighter, Firefighter. like in real life. Because he's the coolest! (laughs) (laughs) It's not like he's still an actor, still in stuff. Although I really loved seeing all of them when they did a bunch of reunion stuff for the 25th anniversary. You know, they were doing Zooms and stuff during the pandemic together, and hopefully, you know, soon it will be 30th. Very soon, so maybe we'll we'll have some more some more interviews some more. <laughs> and events and think we'll have some more. <laughs> so if you've enjoyed uh, Jonathan talking about a 
kid talking to an older, slightly paternal, but not really figure in their (laughs) sports obsessed bedroom. (laughs) Check out the Princess Bride minute. (laughs) And all kinds of other stuff in there. That was another one of my favorite movies when I was growing up right around the same age that I was like, man, the Sandlot baseball. And then it was like, and if you want fantasy, here you go. I mean, we... And UHF 60 Second, like I said, I had not watched that movie before you started that podcast, so that was a delight to discover <laughs> later in life. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, that's uh, some of these movies I watched when I was a kid, and then I took a pause, and then watch them again when you're an adult, and I was, I don't know how much of a pause I really took with UHF, but I know there was a little bit of a pause in watching it. It's like, oh, no, it is still funny, because I, I think I'd watched, you know, a bunch of other movies from when I was a kid, and I was like, oh, okay, it's what it is, and UHF, mm-hmm. like, No, I I think it's still funny. It is still funny. (laughs) Thank you guys for coming on. And listeners, if you check out moviesbyminutes.com, there are over 200 podcasts like this. And uh, between Tabitha, Jonathan, and I, we've probably guessed it on them all. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's an exaggeration, but not as much of one as we might think. (laughs) Early early on, I started, uh, I actually had a spreadsheet of all my guest spots and stuff, and I I completely stopped taking care. I don't even know. (laughs) Yeah, well, thank you so much for having us on. It was fun to talk about this movie and to have a good excuse to watch it again. (laughs) So thank you. And Rachel, I'm sorry I stepped on your some more outro. No, that's fine. I can still make it happen. Listeners, if you enjoyed today's episode and talking about these nine minutes, please come back next week for some more talk of The Sandlot. <laughs>